Our gospel picks up where we left off last week. Jesus was in the synagogue and healed a man with an unclean spirit. And so today we see that Jesus is told about Peter's mother-in-law, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And for those of us, it's a reminder that Peter was married when he got called by Jesus to be his disciple. We forget sometimes these little little tidbits of information that are thrown away, thrown all around us in, in the mix of the story. And so, think about this. So Jesus goes to the house and he touches Simon Peter's mother-in-law's hand. He, he grabs her hand and he lifts her up. And so the act of touching is where the healing takes place. Why we have laying on of hands. And when we pray, we put our hands on someone else um, to show that connection and relationship, but also the power of healing prayer. And so to go even more into this, the actual word that is used in the lift up, when you translate that, it's actually to raise up, as in resurrection. And so in the Gospel of Mark, he uses this word six times in the midst of his different healing stories. And so the healing of Simon's mother-in-law is the first time we see this in the Gospel. And it's also a reminder to Mark and his readers that Jesus' resurrection this raising up will happen as a part of this journey. And so she is healed and she is made well because she has a fever. Now, in our day and age, a fever might not seem that big of a deal. We have Motrin and Tylenol, we have antibiotics to help us, but we all know none of that existed back then. And so a fever amounted to just as much as a death sentence as anything else. Because what it did, it, it took you away from your livelihood, from your family, from your vocation, from your place in community. So I don't know if you remember what I said last week about healing the man with an unclean spirit. That healing that Jesus did, the first act of his public ministry, it wasn't just to heal the man, but it was to heal the man, his family, and the community. So that it all could be whole again. Well, for Simon's mother-in-law, she too desired that same wholeness. And so when she was restored to full health, Jesus did bring her to that place where she was full for herself, but also for her community and her family. Now, her role is much different than the man with the unclean spirit. We don't know what happened to him after he left. Again, why I wish there was a Bible that did in between the lines so we knew what happened at the end of all these people's lives. So we don't know what happened to him. But with the mother-in-law, she was healed and then she immediately got up to serve, to care for Jesus and Simon and his friends and all the people that had come to the house. And that might look like she made a meal or provided some kind of beverage, but she, she served them. Now, some other traditions that read the Bible differently than we do, 
might say that this is the perfect place to say that the Bible says a woman's place is to stay at home and serve her man. Well, that's not what this is about. Not about this at all. The word to serve in this case is the same word where we get the word deacon from. And a deacon in the church is someone who serves God and serves the ministry beyond themselves and actually beyond the actual church itself. It's to those who are in the margins, those who are less fortunate, the poor, the hungry, the needy. And this word to serve is also used a couple verses ahead in this chapter in Mark when the angels serve Jesus in the wilderness. And I think the most beautiful piece in all of this is that the same word is used of the women who journey and follow Jesus to the cross and serve him at the foot of the cross at his crucifixion. And so this serving is not about being submissive, but it's to glorify God in ministry and to care for one another. Because just as Jesus said, he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And so, again, we don't know much about Simon's mother-in-law, but I assume at that point, she too becomes a disciple. And she, I want to say, is probably one of those women gathered at the foot of the cross when Jesus' time comes. And so this idea of being healed of an unclean spirit, a fever, whatever it might be, because the whole town was watching Jesus in this moment, it's not only for being cleansed of something to be removed from us, but also to be healed for something greater in this world. That we all have some kind of gift or skill or ability or knowledge that God has bestowed upon us. And for whatever reason that might be, we are called to serve in this place, in this time, using those gifts that he has given us. I spoke with someone yesterday. He said, because of some health things and whatnot and his heart stopping and this, that, and the other, when it all came time, they said that he was clinically dead for six minutes. And because he was brought back, he now has a tremor and some hearing loss and vision loss and just a lot of things. And he says, I don't know why God brought me back. I don't understand this. I said, well, it's just like the woman in this gospel passage. She had a place in this world to fulfill. God created her to be who she was in this place, in this time, with the gifts that he was given to her, that, was given, that were given to her. You, too, through it all, are a blessing from God, and there is a reason you are here. For you to be present for all that you run into. And he volunteers and does his own ministry. I don't think he realizes that the work that he does is all to glory God. That's what we are here to do as well. Some might say that this 
story in that Simon's mother-in-law is called to this new life. Frederick Beekner writes, The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. I don't know if you've had that experience before, but when I know that I am doing what God has truly called me to do, when I can be probably my most pure self and not clouded by anything in my head or what's happening in the culture or around me, but when I can be my true self, then there's something very spiritual and very whole about that. And it's very much, I call one of those Holy Spirit moments where you kind of just, you just know everything is right in the world. And that's when you are your true self that God has called you to be. My hope and prayer is that you all have experienced that at some point. And if you're still on that journey trying to get to that point, I encourage you to find a quiet place, like Jesus did, a deserted place, to pray. Find a place where you can be forgiven, healed, restored, and renewed. We do that each and every time we come to this altar rail. Our hands are empty until God fills them with his grace and mercy. And we take that and we are renewed in a very, very special way as we walk out these doors into a world that is crazy and chaotic and uncertain. But we are given the gifts that we are needed to provide for the kingdom of God out there. As you move throughout your week, Think about the ways in which God continues to call you. Think about all the little things that happen that you might think are insignificant, but truly are gifts from God. For God calls us to be our true self, the one that he created, created us to be, beloved and whole. And like I said last week, he doesn't want us to be robbed of anything in our abundant life, but to be whole, both in mind and body and spirit, but also for the world and for his kingdom. Amen.